So who saw that one coming, eh? You're probably thinking, hang on, this isn't a race review or a, or a quality review or a quality preview or race or weekend preview. You're right. This is absolutely an un, this is an unscheduled episode, so it might be a little bit more off the cuff. But we are here going to uh, just quickly discuss the breaking news that has come out in the last hour or so that Daniel Ricciardo is back in F1. Welcome to episode 306 of Grid Talk. My name is Tom Downey, and here... Here with me today is George Housen. Good evening. Yes, uh, very uh, unsurprising in a way, breaking news, but also a bit of a shock that it's come right now, I suppose. Yes, it was absolutely a, a bit of a shock, certainly a shock to all of us. Just before George and I have a conflab about um, about the news and we give up, give our sort of thoughts on it, we need to quickly give a shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. So, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right now from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. And very quickly, if you do enjoy this podcast, we'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on our podcast. If you're one of the 72% of people who are not yet subscribed, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. Finally, last bit of housekeeping, I promise. Be sure to follow us on our brand new social channels at Grid Talk UK to stay up to date with the latest shows. Right, now that the admin's out of the way, George, uh, Danny Rick is back in F1. He is, he is. I mean, in, in a sense, he never truly went away. He was obviously test driver for Red Bull. But um, yeah, the fact, he's, the fact he's back now in an Alpha Tauri is uh, something that, like I said at the start, it's, it's surprising but also unsurprising at the same time. Um, I, I, but first of all, I feel for Nick DeVries. He's yet another driver who has been chewed up and spat out of the Red Bull system. There's been so many of them. So many of them that never come back into F1 and some that have come back in, like uh, like Gasly and like Albon. And now Ricardo as well. He's uh yeah, he's another one who's come back. It's um yeah, it's it's a real big announcement. It's <laughs> just going for the back of Silverstone. It is. And you know, and you know, if anybody listening, you might, you know, although this is a podcast, this is gonna be a little bit just more like a general conversation. So we're not gonna we're not gonna be asking questions, it's just the two of us. So um, yeah, so my my kind of like view on it is it just makes a bit of a mockery of the whole thing. And I said this last year about DeVries. I said it on shows and I've been saying it this year. People were far too quick to go, oh my word, this this kid is about, I say kid, he's 28, same age as me. Um, you know, people were very, very quick to say, you know, he is like the second coming or something. You know, he is Dutch Messiah version 2.0. And he's not, he's more Dutch Medusa. And, and, and you know, he's just people sort of like, you know, rightly praising him for the performance he put in in that Williams in Monza last year. But Monza is a very easy circuit. You just slap on minimal wings and we've seen that that Williams decent in a straight line, especially this year. So I think a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon and, and you know, the Red Bull management included. But, you know, was, uh, was it um, Horner said he didn't want... Uh, De Vries, but Helmet overruled him, or the other way around. There's something like that, isn't there? I mean, I, I don't know if you know more than I do, but you probably do. But 
Yeah, there, there was something like that. There was some sort of dispute about it because um, obviously he was at Williams. He was a Mercedes junior driver, uh, Formula E champion before he joined F1. Um, I will just add a little bit to what you said about Monza being an easy track. Yes, it's an easy track in a sense, but I think the biggest factor for that is probably you know the fact that Williams is so good at high speed circuits, as we've seen exactly. at Silverstone in particular this year. You know, I think this year, I mean, we're skipping a bit. Uh, a bit ahead here, but I think they will get a really good result at Monza because that car in low drag setup is fantastic. Um, and obviously, the, this competition that weekend was Nicholas Latibi, who was was never never exactly the best. So I think if you put Albon, if he didn't have his appendicitis trouble, if you put him in the car in Williams last year, he would have probably got a similar result, maybe even better. Um, but yeah, saying that he's the next Max Verstappen, he's the next big thing to come out of the Netherlands. It's just like no, he's. He's not that really not. No, decent driver, decent driver by F1 standards, I think. Honestly, I think he's all right. But when the pressure's on, when your team boss, I mean, not Horner, a bloody, um, not much, it's uh, Albert Marco. Albert Marco, yes, that's it. Yes, forgot forgot the name there. Uh, when, When he's coming out in the press and saying, literally, like, yeah, he's doing pretty terribly, he's not really doing good enough. That's just not going to help you have that conversation behind closed doors. That, that, if you know, if you don't air your dirty laundry, you don't know. That'd be like your boss. If you like working in an office, your boss going, Yeah, this guy over here, yeah, him, he's not hitting targets. And I want you all to know it. Everybody here, you know, you just, I've, you don't do I've, that. That's just, I've, bad I've, I've, I've worked for someone like that, so I know. Um, and but it's not right, is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not. And you, and you know, it's like, you know, he, um, you know, it's like, it's like what do they what does he want? Does he want the Reese to walk to the pallet with like a big dunce thing around his neck or something? <laughs> you know, it's like go, go and sit. He, he's being put in the Alphatari, like the equivalent of being put on the naughty step. Do you think? Yeah, it, it, it's 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 terrible, really. I it's, it's a dog. It's awful this year. It's got they've got two points. Mm. Yeah, the car is not there. It is not a particularly good car. It's probably the worst car in the grid right now. Um I'd say so it's either that or the Haas, you know, it's, it's one of the worst. It's one of the I, worst cars this year. You, you say that though, you know, Haas have had some all right results. So yes, they got backwards in races, but they at least qualify, all right, and move back. At least they do something, right? Alpha Tauri, my words, you know, they, they're barely able to, to, to get out of, you know, well, I don't think De Vries has ever made it out of Q1. He might have made it into Q2 a few times. I, I think, I think Yuki Buki's made it into Q3 once or twice, but it's just like, you know, Cards, just, the car's not there. And, no, it's not. And I think, you know, as, as much as I like Daniel Ricciardo, I'm a big fan of him, as I've said many times on Grid Talk, but I I don't think... He's he's not going to be getting podiums in this car. He's not going to be getting top fives. <laughs> he might get, like, the odd top eight, the, the odd point here and there, but he's not just going to solve everything overnight. And actually, I think it might well be detrimental to Yuki Sonoda because... Sonoda's someone who's really struggled for confidence as well. He's had all the pressure heaped on him. Now he's got got Daniel Ricciardo, you know, alongside him in the garage. And let's be honest, Ricciardo's probably going to beat him. And then who's the pressure? You know, who's going to get the pressure? Sonoda. Is Ricciardo going to want to stick around in an Alpha Tower for after this season? No. Why would he? You know, I'm sure he's getting paid a decent decent wedge to do what he's doing, but. It's not a long-term thing for him. He'd much rather go to America and compete in IndyCar or whatever, you know. That's more his kind of thing. He, this is not a long-term solution for them. So it's just the cycle's just going to repeat itself. Sonoda's going to get a heap of pressure on him. And then next year when 
I don't know, Liam Lawson or someone like that comes in. The same thing's going to happen to him. He's going to last a season or half a season and they'll bring back Ricardo again, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, he, you know, so, you know, how many times can they drag Ricardo out, out of the out of the Red Bull retirement home to to fill in <laughs> fill in the seat? Because it's so I'm I'm glad you brought up the issue next year because I was, was going to I was going to raise that sort of raise I was going to ask that anyway. It's like <laughs> that Alfatari is a dog, we know that, and Alfatari is supposed to be a development seat. But you know, these rumours about the the team getting sold. Um, and then they then they declined them, and then Helmut came out and said that he's going to be called something else. It's like, what does that mean for Sonoda? What does that mean for Danny? Ritt? What does that mean for everybody involved? Because like, you know, if the rumors are to believe, then it's going to be Andretti. Will Andretti keep the team in Italy? Will they move them to? You know, because better, better mind having to like ingrain that team is in Fianza. It's like. Will they move them to the UK? Will they move them to America? You know, if they're going to be a full American outfit. It's like, all this does is, for me, is raise more questions than it answers. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more questions being raised by this. Um, I mean... I mean, mean, you have to take a pinch of salt at the end of the day because the plan for Andretti's changed so much. They've tried to come in as their own independent thing and... um, you know, people like Toto Wolf, and I was in the press conference with Toto Wolf this weekend, just gone. And, um, you know, he basically said that we're not going to have an 11th team in F1. It's just not happening. If you want to come into F1, you've got to buy a team. And, you That's know, helpful. It, no, I know it's, it's really unhelpful. It's really, really unhelpful. And I think, I mean, all I think all the teams are the same. I'm not, I'm not pinning this on Toto by any means. It's, you know, all the teams are the same with it. It's an absolute cartel. You know, there's they're just like, no, we've got our prize and we've got our cake, we want to eat it, and we're not going to share it with any anybody else. Ten slices, that's all there is. There's not going to be an eleventh. So the only yeah. way that Andretti are going to come in is if they buy somebody and who's up for sale? Alpha Tauri. They're the only ones, really. Yeah. Um maybe so, they should sorry, go on, mate. No, so yeah, I mean to answer your question about whether they're gonna move factory or not, who knows? I mean, Michael Andretti was spoke to by Brundle, I think. On the grid in Miami, and he says that you know they're setting things up, they're getting things ready to to join F1. But does that mean they're building a factory? Does that mean that they're thinking, are we going to keep the one in Fienza? I think in the short term, they definitely keep the one in Fienza because building a whole new factory is a massive, massive undertaking. It's took Aston Martin years to get theirs, and if you look at ones like the McLaren Technology Center, that took forever to build. So, I think in the short term, they probably stay in Italy, but. In terms of the drivers, I mean, if Andretti coming for next year for, for Alfatari, then may, maybe Ricardo stays on. Maybe Ricardo stays on after that as an Andretti driver. They sack Yuki Sonoda and they bring in, well, I don't know, like Joseph Newgard and Colton Herter or someone so, like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, some, so, someone who has that American sort of backing or, or mm. that sort of American name. And let's be fair. Danny Rick is loved by the Americans, and we talked about him going to, you know, maybe NASCAR, or IndyCar, or something. He'd be perfect for that bridging of the gap. Here we are, gr- gr- yeah, Grid Talk Conspiracy Theories, Episode One. It's like this is the first <laughs> step with Andretti getting into F one. They bring in an established driver who they know who has a good reputation in the American market. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, and you know, you know, and you know, Helmet has come out and said that the team is being rebranded. Well, Sauber's been rebranded God knows how many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I, I can honestly see it. I can honestly see it. There might well be some smoke-filled rooms somewhere where they've all discussed mm. this and they're like, well, you know what? 
that set us up. Let's get Daniel Ricardo in the car for the second half of the season. We're not going to have De Vries. We're going to have Ricardo and somebody else. Let's get him in the car, get him back used to F1. Because as experienced as Daniel Ricardo is, it, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Getting used to cut. This is why they do testing. And he won't have been through that. So it will take him time to get used to the car. So if that was what the plan was, this is probably what they'd do. Yeah. And let's not forget, he's coming back into that car at the Hungaroring, which is called Monaco, hence the cheeky plug. Um, got, got, got my fridge mag, which I keep on my, keep on my mic stand. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we, it, it's, it's called Monaco without the walls. So, you know, it's not exactly the easiest circuit to come back into F1, into mm. a pressure cooker, which he's familiar with because he's obviously worked his way through the system. But it's just, yeah, it's just like... I, I, I don't know. I'm a bit sceptical, and I feel a bit for De Vries, but I think he also did make his own grave. Because when he said, don't judge me like a rookie, so Rebel went, okay, we won't. And it's like, you've got no points. Your team has got two points. Bye. You know, it's like, mm, that's going to get clipped. It's like, it's like what, what, what do you expect? He did make a rod for his own back, really. Um, he did, yeah. I, I, you know, I, like I said, I think he's an all right driver. I don't think he's a particularly special driver by F1 standards. He, there's no way you could say that that he is. And the fact that he's done that, he's just like, well, all right, we won't treat you as a rookie then. I mean, technically he wasn't, but it was his first full season. And yeah, having to perform like that <laughs> against someone who's not Nicholas Latifi, someone who is better than Nicholas Latifi is... It's something so yeah, I yeah. I don't feel for him in that sense. It's no. yeah, he's really not helped himself. I mean, again, I you know, as as people know, I went I went to Silverstone at the weekend and DeVries was one of the guys that I managed to meet. He did a little 10 minutes with the press. And to be honest, he kind of seemed like he didn't really care. And I mean that with the greatest of respect. Obviously, he does care, but by F1 standards, compared to the other guys I saw, he was just kind of like yeah, you know, I'm here, I'm going to do my best. And that's that's kind of it. And so, mm. ironically, just like when I went last year and I saw Daniel Ricciardo and I thought, oh, that, he seems like a defeated man. He doesn't seem like, you know, anybody who's really trying. And then the o- announcement came about Oscar Piastri in the summer break. Ironically, the same things happened again, but this time it's Ricciardo coming into the sport rather than leaving. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I, it's a good point you could be race and. We've seen it when drivers have had that like defeated body language. Um, mm. you, know, you know, it's like I, I reckon he knew. No, I reckon Red Bull had told. I reckon Red Bull had told him, or AlphaTauri or whoever. I, I reckon they told him. They said, you know, we'll pay you out your contracts. Off you go. You know, and, and we're going to get the honey badger back in. So yeah, it's just. Do you know whose fault this all is? Uh. I don't know who we're going to blame for this one. There's a few oh, people involved. Hear me out on this one. Go on. Fernando Alonso. If he wouldn't have left it's Alpine... It boils down to Alonso. <laughs> it always does. If if Alonso would not have left Alpine, yeah. he wouldn't have gone to Aston Martin, hmm. which meant Gasly wouldn't have gone to Alpine, which meant he would have still been in Alpha Tauri, which would have meant De Vries would not be there. Which meant Danny Rick would not have had a seat to come into because he's back in the Ripple family. Oh God, Alonso! It always boils back down to Alonso. And, and, and the thing is, we've we've shared it as well in our in our group. You know, the meme of um, 
Piastri being interviewed and then oh, Alonso's in the background just, with the biggest just, smile on his face. Yeah. He, he might as well stand there with like with like a butter chin or something, just just stirring up the proverbial. You know, it's like yeah, I, I love that picture. He's he is grinning like a Cheshire cat. He loves it. Do you know, I'm gonna check his Instagram right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he posted something with him. Do, do, do you remember last year when the whole news dropped? Um, and he yeah. just posted a picture of him just like that. Just you know, I would not be surprised if he's posted uh, something similar. Fernando Alonso. He, he absolutely no, knows he's doing. That's the thing. I, oh, I love, yeah. I love Alonso. I really do. Oh yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Me, I, I, honestly, and you know, he's just no, he's not posted anything. Oh, it's a shame. I was wondering if there's going to be something of him, just like yeah, just like milking it or something. But no, it's uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. Just you know, we'll we'll see what Danny Rick can do, but I don't I don't think it's going to. He's putting a plaster over a gunshot wound, <laughs> and that gunshot wound is the absolute dog that the Alpha Tower the was eighty twenty three, I think they call it, which sounds like a printer. Um, you know, the absolute dog of what that car is this year. So, well, I, th- I think I mean. <laughs> I think if it is if it is a printer, then it's about as reliable as my printer, which I can't figure out how to use. And evidently, the Alpha Tauri team don't know how to set up their car either, um, with, with how bad they've been doing. So I, I guess it's accurate <laughs> if it was a printer in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, sounds like the, the electronics part is reliable as well. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just a yeah, it's 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 a funny one, and you know, we 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 joke about it, but it's like. I do feel for Derees, but I also don't. It's not going to do his reputation any good. But he, like you said, he wasn't one of those where it was like, "Oh my word, this guy is like the second coming." Um, you know, because if you look at drivers like Russell, like Leclerc, even like Ocon, you, you know, Norris, who have like gone bang, bang, bang through through the age groups, Piastri, you, you know, you know, the, you know, the very much kind of drivers, you know, they would win back to back or. You know, you know, I know Orlando didn't win back to back first because he came second to George Russell, not a bad driver, um, to come second to in uh, you know, in um, uh, in in you know, in a F2 fight. So, because De Vries was in F2 for about three or four years, I think it was, a, it was at least 20, I think it was three years, so I think 2017 he ended. I know he was because I know he was in F3 or GP3 as it was in 2016 because I actually met him. Ironically, at the paddock in Hungary in 2016, because a mate of mine was racing um, on the same team as Ralph Boschong, um, and actually the Lord himself, um, Mahavir Ragunathan, was on the team for the first round of that season. Side note, um, but yeah, oh no, I, I, I met, I met, I got photos of Therese and all sorts, on, you know, and, and Leclerc and all sorts on, on my phone, um, well, on my OneDrive, and it's yeah, it's just like. He was never one of those ones where you looked at it and it's like, you know, this guy is going to go there. Because even back then, when I was in the GP3 and GP2 paddock, people were like, like, you know, they were trying to get to Leclerc to ask some questions. And bearing in mind, my mate Matt won the feature race that weekend. Um, because actually to restalled uh, from pole position, foreshadowing. Um oh, yeah. so I know it's that healthy. Um, you know, so it's just like, you know, there was never that kind of like buzz about him. So Yes, he won GP2, but it, you know, he didn't win it like back to, you know, he won it. 2019 was not the most competitive year for F2. And it was kind of like, you have to win it this year. So, yeah, it's just, 
it's just it, to be honest, mate. I don't know what you well, no, I do know what your opinion is, but to me, it just it just makes a mockery of the whole Red Bull thing, and, and you know. Nobody's going to want to go to, as a gun driver, nobody's going to want to go to that seat now because, you know, you're going to have Helmut Marco staring at you, maybe not the best thing to say. You're going to have Helmut Marco, you know, like focusing a lot of attention on you and criticising and scrutinising every single performance. And yes, it's fight or flight, but it's Red Bull. Most drivers, most drivers will, uh, will, 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 will just sink. So, yeah, I don't know. Have you, have you got any final thoughts before we wrap up this rather brisk episode? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, it's just a shame. And, you know, I, I remember not even 10 years ago looking at, the, looking at the Red Bull Driver Academy and thinking, wow, these guys are bringing through some serious talent. Like, they, like you think about Ricardo, Verstappen, Signs Kvyat. I mean, you can talk about Kvyat all you want, but he was very highly rated when he came into F1, and I thought he was decent at first. Another one who's just been crushed by Red Bull, and you know they were the absolute envy of the paddock in terms of the talent they had. They didn't have enough. They had four seats, which is two more than any other team, and didn't have enough seats. They couldn't get them all into F1. So they had like signs leaving and going to Renault and, and things like that, you know, and. It's, you just look at it now and, you know, with the greatest of respect to some of these drivers, because they are obviously they're all supremely talented. But would, would a Liam Lawson do better than what DeVries had? Would a Jehan Daruvala do better than what um, do better than what uh, DeVries did? Would I'm trying to think of the other guys in F2? Would Awasa do better? Would I mean, Zayn Maloney's only just joined F2, but, yeah. you know, um, you, yeah. put, you put him into F1, even if you could get a super, super license, you know, all these guys, would they do any better than DeVries? And it's like, probably not. And you got to look at it as well. I mean, people, again, people mock Formula E, but he did win it. He's the only guy to go the other way from FE to, into F1. And yeah, he, unfortunately for him, in a very just, harsh way, has failed. It you just know, hasn't he's worked not stuck around for a whole season. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's harsh, but F one is the pinnacle of motorsport for a reason, and you know that that's that's it. And um, unfortunately, the environment combines with the car and the team principal and the I don't I think calling Helmut Marco an advisor is pushing it. Um, you know, speaking of pushing it, did you see him almost chin that reporter when he's trying to get to the podium on Sunday? No, uh, I didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there was uh, there was a photographer standing in Helmet's way, and when it pans to you know when it shows pictures or footage of the mechanics, mm. um, there was I need to find it on the replay room, but there was a shot of Helmet, sort of like it looked, it looked like he was about to you know about to like you know like just like knock him out or something. This reporter wouldn't get out of the way. Um, you know, and your problem, you know, just just let him through, man. You know, so it's it was it was quite amusing, but yeah. Side note on that one, but um, yeah. So George, I just want to say thank you for jumping on, sort of like impromptu. Um, is there anything you want to promo aside from us? That sounds wrong. <laughs> My, yeah, just me and you, Tom. You know, um, no. <laughs> yeah, dream team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah no, no my pleasure to come on as always i mean you know me especially when something like this happens you know we gotta 
we got to cover it because it's what the fans need to hear. You know, the people that might not might not see this or what kind of people react, people's reactions to it. We're always here for it. And we might do more of these if um, if similar things happen throughout the season that are a bit kind of like, whoa, that's happened. Let's let's jump on this. But yeah, I mean, the only thing I want to promo is uh, Football Chronicle. Um, my football website is part of the F1 Chronicle kind of family and everything. Um, I'm not doing a week. I'm not doing a weekly opinion piece at the moment because it's the off season. But when the season starts up again, I will be doing that, giving my giving my hot takes on everything in the world of football. So that's football chronicle. Football spelt the Spanish way. So that's f u t b o l dot com, not football chronicle dot com. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that that's all I want to promo. And thanks for uh, thanks for hosting, Tom. Thanks for pitching the that's idea right. for the show. All for it. That's all right. Well, it's a good thing I work from home, so I can just close teams up and zoom and away we go. Same. He here, says. Man. He says, "What well, teams are still open, but do not disturb." So yes, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I obviously you know good talk co-host, but I also co-host Formula Talk, which recording was supposed to start for two minutes ago. Um, so if you are listening to this uh, when it's gone out, Formula Talk will will be out shortly as well, um, probably tomorrow. But Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, not this one, um, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Cats. Just search F1, sorry, just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to both qualifying and race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get better mics, lights, and recording equipment. Also, make sure you are subscribed so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We will be back soon with plenty more F1 content. Thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Best Online, and goodbye.